Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of John chapter 16? And as you are preparing your hearts and minds for the word of the Lord, I think that we had around four campers receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit this week. And then today, we're going to baptize Jensen Jensen Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins and then his mama Casey Casey just wave your hand I know you're here somewhere there you are in the back Casey got a renewing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit at camp that's amazing so I'm so thankful for that happy to have all of you if you're not familiar with being spirit led don't let it spook you God may want to reveal himself in a different way to you be open to whatever the Lord wants can I get a witness that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning look at John 16 and 7 Hopefully it'll come up on the screen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Actually, this is what I was going to speak on last week. And the Holy Spirit hit the pause button and said, no, go this direction. So here's all I know. Somebody is here today that needs to hear this word. And I pray that you would receive it as my heart feels it. I want to talk about this subject. Even Jesus had to go. Even Jesus had to go. Father, for the next few minutes, would you help our minds and our soul to catch up with our body so that we're not just here in body, but somewhere else in spirit. Help us to be here, Lord, to receive from your word. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. And we give you all the thanks and the praise for what you are about to do. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. When God got ready to transition from law in the Old Testament to grace, he sent us Jesus. And when Jesus got ready to transition from earth to heaven, he sent us the Holy Spirit. Which means when God got ready to do something new, he sent Jesus. And when Jesus got ready to do something new, He sent the Holy Spirit. Here's what we all need to understand about God. I need you. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I want you to get this. God is a movement. He is not a monument. I'm going to say that again. God is not a monument. God is a movement. And when He gets ready to do something new in our life, He will do something different. And if we do not learn how to say goodbye with one hand, we can never learn to say hello to something new with the other. 
Why did Jesus in his greatness have to go? Because even in his greatness, his flesh was still limited. Even though he was God, he was still God manifested in the flesh. And because God was in the flesh, the flesh could only be at one place at one time. God could only minister to so many people. Jesus, I'm speaking, could only minister to so many people at one time. Even though he was God, he was still limited by his flesh. Now, here's why Jesus had to go. I want you to look at John 14 and 12. Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater, somebody say greater. greater. Somebody say greater. greater. Greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go. As long as Jesus was there, the disciples would always be looking to Jesus. But he says, listen, it is expedient that I go because something greater cannot come unless I go. And we say, man, how can it get greater than Jesus? Jesus is saying, if I leave, it's going to even get better. If I go, I'm going to give you something greater. Jesus had to go, ladies and gentlemen, so that he could send us the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we now, as recipients of the Holy Spirit, it's not that we're going to do greater works as far as better, but we're going to do greater as far as more. God wants this church to do even more than what Jesus did on the earth. 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost, but I know men that have told me, and I trust them, that there have been five and 10,000 in one day received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God wants to do something greater in this day like we have never seen it before. And I want to speak into the womb of this church. We, this church, I'm not concerned. I love all the churches. I want the best for all the churches. But God didn't put me as a shepherd over the other churches. So what I want for this church and what I believe God wants for this church is I believe God wants us to transition from three points and a poem to something greater called the flow and the operation and the power of the Holy Spirit. Please don't get quiet on me now. Listen, I love all faith. I love all denominations. I love people. But I want to tell you what God wants for this church. He wants greater things. He wants some new things to happen in your life. And the Holy Spirit sent me here to remind you that you can't get something new if you don't let go of something old. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. One of the things we have to understand about God is that God doesn't release what he has until we release what we have. Say, what do you mean by that? We have to come to an altar and release our sin before he releases the power of his spirit. We have to release our bitterness before we receive the power of his forgiveness. Can I get a witness? We have to start releasing some old mindsets 
that I'm not enough, that I came from the wrong side of the tracks, that I'll never be able to start my own business, that I can't do anything with this GED. Here's what I'm saying. You may have come from that, but now that's not who you are. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Some old things have passed away, and I'm allowing this word to transform my life. Look at Mark chapter 10 and verse 28. Then Peter said unto him, speaking about Jesus, Lo, we've left all and have followed you. Then it goes on to say, Jesus speaking in verse 29. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he's talking to his disciples, that there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my namesake and for the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time, Notice now the language. He said, if you'll leave a house, singular, Jesus speaking, said, I'll give you houses. You're willing to leave some family members for my namesake. I'll give you a church of brothers and sisters. He's saying, you got to be willing to let go of some earthly things if you want me to bless you with some heavenly things. You can't be so tied to earth that when the trumpet sounds, you can't get off because you're tied down to your stuff. Can I preach today? God don't mind you driving up here in a nice car. He don't mind you driving up here in something really nice and living in something really nice. He doesn't have a problem with you wearing nice clothes. God gets involved with you to increase you, not to decrease you. God wants to bless you, but here's the caveat. He wants to bless you with things. He just don't want things holding on to you. This is why you got to understand that currency, the root word of currency is current. You got to let it flow in and you got to let it flow out because a blessing is not a blessing till you give it away. And if you're willing to hang on to everything you get, God can't bless you with more because you got to release what he's given you. Can I talk a few minutes? Jesus is saying some of you have got to be willing to let go of some family members. Not that you don't love them. We still love them. But listen, I know that's the way you believe and I honor your beliefs. But just because grandma believed a certain way doesn't mean I got to believe a certain way. Well, come on somebody. I said the farmer has to let go of the seed if he wants to expect a harvest. The reason why God can't bless some of us with a thousand dollars is because we can't let go of a hundred. Oh, I'm afraid that preacher's gonna get too much. You lost your mind. I'm not your blesser. God is your blesser. When you sow a seed called a tithe, it's not about me, it's about you obeying God's principle so that I can be blessed. Come on, somebody, because you can't fake a harvest. You can't go out your back door and look out there and say, don't you see all those pretty peaches? And there's not one peach tree. Somebody say, you'd be tripping. Because you can't fake a harvest. See, you can't do it the world's way and expect God's results. I'm not after your money, brothers and sisters. What I am after is for you to live the life that God says you can live. But here's what I know. If you want more, you can't hang on to what you got. If you want a harvest, you got to let go of the seed. Even God had to leave in order for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. I'm going to give you another example of this. I want you to go to the book of Numbers chapter 28. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole 
And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. Now this is very important to understand how God works. God told Moses, make this fiery serpent, place it upon a bronze and pole. When people look at it, they're going to live because they had been bitten by poisonous serpents in the wilderness. And so this was God's antidote. But if you keep reading, you will find that these same people had passed down this brazen serpent for 400 years. 400 years later, they were worshiping this brazen serpent now as an idol. What does that tell me? It tells me if we're not careful, we will worship yesterday's miracle and it will become an idol in our life for today. What are you saying? I am saying that God used it, but then He moved on. And people were holding on to what God used to use and how God used to bless it, but He wasn't blessing it 400 years later. I want to speak to some sweet people in this building right now. Some of you are holding on to a church, to a denomination, to a person, to an ex, to an old girlfriend, and you're hoping that what happened yesterday is maybe going to happen tomorrow, and I'm telling you, you can't make somebody love you. If they've left, leave them alone, because God's got something greater in store for you. Quit. I'm not being ugly. I am not being rude. But quit trying to take the church back to the 50s. We're not in the 50s anymore. Quit trying to take the church back. Oh, it was so much better in those brush harbors. Hey, if you want to go to a brush harbor, I'll help you build one. I'm just not going to worship in one. God, ladies and gentlemen, it's not that God's power has decreased. God hasn't moved. It's the church is now trying to be cute. And God is saying, I want to do a new thing in your life, but you got to let go of an old mindset. You say, well, if it was good enough for grandma, bless God, it's good enough for me. Well, let me just remind you of something. Some of you are old enough in here. Your grandma drove a Model T. And your grandma, there are people in here, they told me, so I'm not exaggerating, that their grandparents did not have plumbing in their house. So I'm not making this up. Their grandparents did not have electricity in their house. Their grandparents did not have AC in their house. So I'm glad it was good enough for grandma. And I'm not trying to be rude or ugly, but I'm saying I'm thankful that I drive a car that has automatic transmission and AC and running water in our house. That's good. It was good enough for grandma. But today is 2022. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. And he wants to break some old mindsets. And you got to quit worrying about, well, what would grandma think? You let God take care of grandma. Huh. I know it's going to get quiet up in here now. See, some of you, some of you are, you're, you're a little concerned about tongues. I've never experienced speaking in tongues. Ooh, pastor, it gets quiet when I say that. It starts getting a little tense in here when I say that. Because we have betrayed tongues as spooky. Ooh. 
Those Pentecostals are crazy. And I will tell you that us Pentecostals have not done ourselves a favor because a lot of what we called God was emotionalism. So now what I have to do is wade through that because I'm going to fight for the real. See, y'all, normally I turn on my uh, clock to tell me how long I've preached. I forgot. So it feels like I've only been up here five minutes. I'm so sorry. Uh huh. I, I can see some of y'all getting nervous. I had a wise lady told me one time I was going through something as a teenager. And here's what she told me. She said, Wayne, if I gave you a trunk full of gold coins, half of them were real and half of them were fake. She said, would it be worth your time to find the real ones? I thought about that a minute. 250 real gold coins. Yeah, that'd probably be worth my time. She said, here's what I want you to remember. There's good preachers and bad preachers. There's good Christians and bad Christians. Take the time to find the real. Here's what I want to say to all of you precious sweet people. Yes, I know that Pentecostals have not done their self a favor in some of the things we've done. But that does not negate the real experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember as an eight-year-old child how it changed my life. Why do I want it for you? Because you too will remember the experience. And it will change your life. This is why I'm going to keep fighting for the real and we're going to move beyond cute church and three points and a poem and we're going to flow in the operation of the Spirit. Why? Because people can be healed. They can, lives can be changed. Their hearts can be mended in the presence of the Lord. But somebody here today is stuck on what God used to do and God wants to do a new thing in your life and I'm thankful for grandma and I'm thankful for grandpa and they're in the hands of a just God but I gotta be willing to let go of the old in order for God to do something new see here here's what we got to understand the message, brothers and sisters, does not change. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That doesn't change. God said in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear this word, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. But notice something, watch this. Notice how God manifested Himself in the wilderness. He did it one way. He manifested Himself in the, in the wilderness one way. Then Jesus manifested himself to the disciples in another way. And then the Holy Spirit manifested itself in a different way to the 120 in the upper room. Watch this. God in the desert fed people manna and water came from a rock. Jesus in Galilee fed his disciples fish and turned the water into wine. But the Holy Spirit can be whatever you need when you need it. This is the greater thing than even Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit, you say, I need water. The Holy Spirit says, I can be your water. You say, I need bread. The Holy Spirit says, I'll be your bread. You say, I need wisdom. The Holy Spirit says, I'll be your wisdom. You say, I don't know which way to go. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and direct you down the path that he wants you to take. That's why I want all of us in this house to be led by the Holy Spirit. You say, I got you, preacher. I'm going to quote you chapter and verse. 
Hebrews 13 and 3 says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I got you. No, I got you. Because it ain't talking about God doesn't change. It's talking about His nature and His character does not change. In other words, God is not up one day and down the next. He's not all giddy and in love with you one day. And because you mess up a little bit, He's like, mm, they got to go. That is not the character of God. The character of God stays the same. Come on, somebody. Why? Because when you look in your New Testament, 37 miracles are documented in the New Testament. And no two of them are exactly alike. What I am saying is this. When you and I follow the work of the Spirit, our lives will be anything but boring. God wants to send you on a, an adventure that is not comfortable, that is not predictable. But when you walk in the light as he is in the light, I'm telling you, God is going to put you in front of some people that need your word, that need your wisdom, that need your light, and that need your love. Come on, somebody. See, here's what happens, though. As we get older, as we get older, we stop living out of our right brain imagination. And we start living out of our left brain memory. And what we want to do is, is we want to put an eight-foot ceiling on what God can do. I don't know who I'm talking to. It may be one, it may be a hundred. But someone in this room today, you're hanging on to a memory memory of the way God used to bless you. And until you let that go, God cannot release something greater in your life. Somebody in this room, I don't know who you are, but you are saying under your breath, I'm just too old. And I say, what? Tell that to Sarah. Because at 90, she had a baby. With God, all things are possible. And some of you are saying, I'm too young, Pastor. And I say, what? Historians say that the mother of Jesus was 15 or 16 when she bore Christ. Some of you are saying, well, I'm underqualified. Tell that to the Apostle Peter who denied Jesus on his crucifixion, but God didn't throw him out, put him on a stage at Pentecost, and he preached the Acts 238 message, and 3,000 were added to the church. You say, I am just too late. Tell that to Moses, because at 80 is when God called him to lead his people out of Egypt. I'm here to tell some of you, if you would allow God to do a new mindset in you, greater things, the best is yet to come in your life. Somebody giving praise right now. Some of the deepest longings in the human heart is the longing for adventure. From Abraham to the apostles, God called each of them to go on a journey. God said, Abraham, if you will leave the Ur of the Chaldees, I'll take you to a new place you've never been. And if you're willing to go on this journey with me, I'll bless all the nations through your loins. Come on, can I tell somebody in this room, God never leaves us where he finds us. I'm going to say that again. God never leaves us where he finds us. And deep down on the inside of every one of us is a longing for more. And what I want to come alongside you and just remind you of this. That all of us are mostly afraid of leaving the familiar. Because it's comfortable and it's predictable. 
But I want to challenge all of you sweet people. Please hear your pastor today. Jesus did not die on the cross to keep you safe. I know you're going to have a hard time wrapping your mind around this next statement. But Jesus died on the cross to make you dangerous. He wants you to go on an adventure with Him. He wants to take you places you never dreamed you could go. He wants to show you things you never dreamed you could see. Do you understand that in Jesus' day, the average person did not travel further than 35 miles from their home? And here's what Jesus said. Boys, if you let go of your nets, I'm going to take you on an adventure that's going to blow your mind. And they let go of their nets. And guess what? They got to see water turn to wine. They got to see Lazarus come out of a grave. They got to see the sick healed. They got to see Jesus ascend into heaven. And they would have never seen that had they not let go of what was familiar and being willing to let go of their nets. But history says that Peter traveled to Italy. James traveled to Spain. And God said, these apostles to the four corners of the earth because God has got more in store for some of you if you will be willing to let go of where you came from in order to walk into what God has for you. I'm sorry, a minute ago I forgot to turn it on. Matthew 19, it's the story of the rich young ruler. On paper, the rich young ruler had everything. He was young, he was rich, and he was a ruler. That's pretty good. But something was still missing. He was bored with his faith, and he was full of himself. I'm going to say that again. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler, but he was bored with his faith and he was full of himself. You say, how do you know that? Because it's evident by the question he asked Jesus. Here it is. What do I still lack? If he knew he didn't lack something, he would have never asked the question. What do I still lack? I'll tell you exactly what he was lacking. Spiritual adventure. Because his life was predictable and it was comfortable. And he kept all of the commandments, but he knew he still lacked something. Listen, Sister Janet got up here and said something very profound and I won't ever forget it. She said, we can do nothing wrong and still not do anything right. And this rich, young ruler wanted something more than just simply not doing anything wrong. Brothers and sisters, simply not breaking the commandments isn't spiritually satisfying. That's why Jesus wants to speak to the deep-seated longing for adventure. He told the rich, young ruler, go, let go of all of your possessions. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. Let go. Look at three people and tell them there's something you need to let go of. That was just one person. I asked you to do three. Look at the other person and tell them there's something you need to let go of. God can't heal you of that hurt till you let go of it. God can't bring the blessing until you walk away from the familiar. Are you with me? It didn't matter how much this rich young ruler had to give. Jesus was saying, let go of what you have and I'll give you so much more. Brothers and sisters, I've told you this many times. I can't prove it. But I do know the character of God. I don't see where I ever read about this rich young ruler in Scripture again because he wasn't willing to let go. 
Here's what I think. I think personally that if he would have been willing to let go and to walk this out with Jesus, in time, God would have given him everything back and more. Because that's his nature. What, what if, Pastor, what if I let go of this? I can tell you the nature of God. God will bless you and lead you and guide you in ways that you'll be amazed at what God wants to bring into your life. Is this word resonating with anyone right now? Come on now. I believe with all of my heart as I wrap this up that God is challenging this church to let go of our comfort zone. God wants this church to walk away from what just is comfortable. I'm not talking about crazy. Let everything be done decently and in order. What I am talking about is when the wind of the Spirit blows in this house that we respond to what God wants to do. And I'm here to tell you God can do more in five minutes than man can do in a lifetime when we're willing to let go of how we think God should move and how we think God should do it. Do you feel His presence here right now? I don't know who this word was for. But I just feel like somebody needs to let go. If religion has hurt you, let go of religion and seek for relationship. If a pastor has hurt you, let go of that. And say, God, just because this one hurt me doesn't mean the next one will. Just because this Christian didn't live it and I found out they were a fake, why don't you keep digging? Because there's really some people that are trying to become disciples of Jesus Christ. If you went into a Pentecostal church and it was all emotional and it was all a bunch of spit and foam, fluff and puff, don't let that sour you on the real. Just put that aside. Say, well, maybe they meant well, but don't let it hinder you from the next level that God wants to take you. All I'm asking, I'm not trying to change you. I can't. All I'm asking is for you to be open to what God may want to do next in your life. And it might require you to let go of a place, a person, an old mindset. Hang on. It might even require you to let go of some religious traditions. It says, I'm not real comfortable with this, but I believe this is the way the Lord is leading me. God is not a monument. He is a movement. And He's wanting to lead and guide us into all truth. Would you stand? And if you're a believer, would you just raise your hands right now? Come on, all over this house, would you just raise your hands and just tell the Lord, God, I'm willing to let go. I want to let go of my anger so that I can, Lord, receive forgiveness. God, I want to be willing to let go of some things in my past so that I can receive what you have for me, God, in my future. I'm willing to let go of some hurts and some things in my life so that I can receive the new that you want to do in me. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just praise the Lord, all of you believers? Can we just praise Him right now? Can we just praise Him right now? Can you just open up your mouth and give Him praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to sing that old chorus. I hope Kaylee knows it. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Brothers and sisters, hear your pastor for just a moment. I would love to tell you with a straight face that things are probably going to get better. But I honestly don't believe that. According to the Scripture, it says it's going to wax worse and worse. And as Christians, we're no longer the darlings of America. Now we are becoming the hated. I hope it never comes to this. I pray to God it never does. But hear your pastor. I'm going to try to teach you how to feed yourself. I'm going to try to teach you how to feed yourself and pray for yourself and believe for yourself. Why? Because the day may come. I hope it never does. But the day may come. We may not be able to walk into this house like this. What are you saying? I'm saying that as the world gets darker, they're going to try to take some things from us. Taking some things from us. Taking some liberties from us. And we've got to make sure that we have put some things in our hearts. That we are willing to let go of things. Jesus said, if you're willing to let go of some things, I'll bless you with more. And I'll bless you with something even greater than more things. I'll bless you with eternal life. We've got to get our eye off of the here and now. And we've got to start getting our eye on eternity. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. And if I gotta let go of a house, and if I gotta let go of a family member, and if I gotta let go of it, I wanna make sure that I'm hanging on to Him. Do I have a witness in this house? If this message resonated with you, would you just step out by faith? Come on, step out by faith right now. And just lift up your hands and tell Him, Lord, I want to be willing to let go.
thank the Lord. Casey, would you and your family come up? Jensen, step up here if you would. Turn around now, just turn around. Show everybody how handsome you are. This is Jensen, everybody. Now, I, I really don't know Jensen, but here's what Molly and Janet told me about Jensen. Molly told me yesterday, she said, I'll tell Sister Casey that I'll keep Jensen for free. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, Daddy, I'm telling you, that's the best little young man I've, wanna, I've maybe ever met. Thank you, family, for coming today. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit right now. <clears throat> Jensen's son, I don't know what God's got for you, but whoo, I feel God's got something for you, son. Yes, and it's good. Yes, it is. It's nothing to be afraid of. Already at eight, here's what I told Jensen and his precious family in the office this morning. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was eight. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. And it was such a beautiful experience. I just want everybody to experience what I experienced. Have you ever been to a great restaurant? And man, when you got out, you called your best friend and said, Oh my Lord, I just had the best meal. You got to go. That's how I feel about the Holy Spirit. It is so good. you got to have it. It'll change your life forever. And you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Jensen, we're proud of you. Jensen, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at camp. Amen. Come on in, Jensen. I know it's a high step, but there it is. Step on down. So everybody can see. Parents grandparents, aunties, uncles. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here right now. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit right here in this room. Jensen, if you would, take your hand. Hold your nose like Pastor showed you. Jensen, on the confession of your faith, son, and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, somebody, pray a blessing over him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you've already got his life mapped out from A to Z. Lord, use him, lead him, guide him, direct him. Let the power of the Holy Spirit be so strong in his life that he would never love the world that he would never love the things that are in the world but lord put the love of a samuel in his heart so that he would always love the house of god that he would always love the people of god and the things of god to be used in the work of the spirit for the glory of the lord god we give you thanks and we give you praise now jensen step up please Wave at everybody. This is your spiritual family. Let your spiritual family wave at you. Give him a big hand. Come on, give him a big hand. Give a big shout out. Jensen, we're proud of you, son. Amen. It's been great to be with all of you. Thank all of you, sweet family, for being here. Why don't you turn around and give a high five or a kind word away? They're going to sing you out of here. You have a blessed day and a blessed week. May the Lord go with you in Jesus' mighty name.